This is a podcast from Minute Media. It's the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast with Alex Trateris, John Malika, and Ricey on the beat. Let's go. Yo, what's good, everyone? Alex Terrace here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And with me is always my buddy, my close pal, the man with the plan, the one and only, the one and only, Brooke Lopez. I mean, John Boyka. <laughs> For guys that don't know, John was on the trip, lost his voice. He is recovering today. So he's not full on Brooke Lopez, but kind of Brooke Lopez. Uh, yesterday, I was Brooke Lopez. Today, I'm half Brooke Lopez. But yeah, <laughs> we're, we're still on the road to recovery here. Half Brooke Lopez. But before I ask John how he's doing and how Brooke Lopez is feeling today, <laughs> guys, remember, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast. We're on all audio listening platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are we there. Are there. On top of that, if you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to give us a five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please make sure to leave a comment. We will read it and we will greatly appreciate it because it just helps us. We also have a YouTube channel now, so make sure to type in Nick's Jets, etc. All right, you can go find the page on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe. Hit that notification bell. That way you know when a new episode drops. When you watch a video, just hit the like button. It's just the polite thing to do. And while you're there, we got winning picks weekly. John, video producer Greg are now going to go down the NBA slate. Not all of the slate, I should say. They're going to go over NBA games, give you their takes. March Madness is coming up. Get ready for that action. All right, these guys are hyped for it, especially Greg. Greg just, this is Greg's favorite time of the year is March Madness. So, be Yo, prepared for that. And, and shout out to Chip Murphy, man. He's been killing it out here on the college podcast on the cho- on the college beat. We got to get him on the podcast, man. We got to get him on the episode because he's been he's been really keeping me up to date on on all these random college games, keeping me hyped up at night uh, watching these random college games. So I definitely got to get Chip in here, hear his opinion on all these games. Our man is out here betting on Manhattan College <laughs> and winning. That's my boy, that's my man right there. <laughs> Let's go, man, Chip. Man. Man on a Saturday says, you know, I'm going to bet on Manhattan College and win. Good for you, Chip. Really, really, like, good for you, my man. And then last and certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. We are there. So, Brooke Lopez, I mean, John Malika, how are you doing today, my man? How are you feeling? Feeling good, man. Feeling good. Visited Puerto Rico for the weekend. Uh Watch that Suns game while on vacation, but oh, you yeah, actually it, watched it on vacation? Always, man. Oh, I remember watching. Uh, I forgot where I was watching the Knicks Celtics. Uh, it's like a Saturday something at a Miami pool party. Uh, we out here in Puerto Rico now. Oh yeah, that was last year. I remember that one. Yeah, and hey, you came back. Guess what you did? And guess what? Yeah, I remember that because we had Mocha on the day after, and you sounded like Brooke Lopez. Yeah, yes, exactly, that. exactly. Yeah. So this is just a you know recurrent theme. I can't really hide when I go on vacation, apparently. So here I am. And, um, dude, that was a, that was a tough, tough loss. You kind of did see it coming. I heard, uh, you on, um, Knicks fan TV. Uh, I listened to a little bit of a post game uh, on the flight. Uh, after that game, I, I heard you guys going off like you saw it coming and you were like, you call the bank shot. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was, it was, you knew that Cam Johnson was going to kill us. A little bit of revenge for that J.R. Smith. Uh, buzzer beater against the Suns. Tough loss, man. But the you know the the tank hive was hyped. 
You know what I mean? But I'm glad to come back. I had to come back and set the record straight. We finally got that win at the crypt. And, you know, <laughs> McBride's finally on the court. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of happy. I'm kind of happy with what the, what the Knicks are doing. Um, Sims looks great. Mitch Robinson's playing like he's on a contract a year. Reddish yeah. looking okay. Evan Fournier, I can't stand him with his bounce, one bounce, you know, step back threes. I, side I step, the side anymore. step, the step back. <laughs> I miss Grimes so much, but, you know, I'm good, man. I'm good. How you doing? Doing well, man. Chilling, watching these Knicks games. I was... I wasn't. I knew it was going to go in watching the Suns game. I just was not expecting a bank. Like if you told me like he's going to bank that shot, and I'm like, there's like I could expect. I'd rather expect a swish. Like I saw a touch. I was like, he's going to go in. I was more shocked the fact that it was the fact that it was a bank more than anything else. I was like, wow, it is. We're at this oh, yeah, level man. where we're getting we're getting closed out on bank shots now. All right, just add Cam Johnson to the list, bro. Add him to the list of Knicks killers, bro. Add him to points. the list. He gets on there with Terrence Ross. He's, he's on there now. He belongs up there. With Ricky Rubio. Yeah, it's <laughs> tough. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough out here. But then at least we came back and we won and we defeated the LA Clippers, right? And we got to see the youth do it, man. It wasn't just, you know, the starters were struggling. They got us a lead, but the youth came in and put on a put on a clinic. So that was impressive. That the was lineup. encouraging. The lineup, the lineup was in, man. The lineup that we've that we wanted. IQ, McBride, Cam, RJ, Jericho, and even Mitch. Like, you can put any of those guys in there. Yeah. You no Obi, Mitch, too. And Jericho. No Obi, which is, you know, it's sad. No Grimes, that's also sad. Like, yeah. these are guys that you want to see out there. But I was happy. And Cam getting uh, a, a, a Nick High uh, 17 points, which was nice. And he was, yo, he was, he was in it, bro. Four for seven, two for four from three. Seven for eight from the free throw line. Played some solid defense, you know, used his length and his quickness to blow by people. It was a good day to watch that, man. But I think, oh, like, overall, overall from this West Coast trip, I'm not, it's, it's hard to be encouraged. I won't be a Debbie Downer about it, but I'm really happy from, uh, from, from the game last night. I think the thing most that I'm, get, I'm getting out of these two games is Mitchell Robinson being a dominant force. You know, he goes up against DeAndre Ayton and the Phoenix Suns. Go seventeen and fifteen, nine offensive rebounds against against him. Comes back the next night, uh, goes twelve points, eleven rebounds, eight offensive board, uh, eight offensive boards, and we know Mitch is uh, is top when it comes to being an offensive rebounder because of his putbacks and whatnot. But the fact that he's doing this without a traditional point guard, it's encouraging. I, I like you said, contract year. And I want to, I want to start off with this. Is it, I know it's partially a contract year, like where you could expect this type of level of play for some players, but do you think that there's still an untapped potential? Like if we actually get him a point guard that he could take it to another level? Not only do I think there's untapped potential if you give him a point guard, I think there's untapped potential if he's healthy and in shape for a full season. Like we still haven't seen that, right? He's finally over. I feel like the, the foul woes. That took a couple of years to get off of. He's finally starting to get over the health woes, right? Now we got to start working on free throws, maybe <laughs> instead of uh, those corner threes that he likes to take. Maybe just like just shoot some free throws, man. He hits, he hits even half those free throws, fifteen points, you know, versus the Clippers. That, that's that's a way better stat line, fifteen and ten, you know, fifteen and eleven, whatever it was. Yep. 
you know, it, it, the game starts to change. And I, I, I do think that he did play some extra games or he's like going really hard right now because it is a contract year, right? Like shout out to Ari. He always brings that up. I, I hate to say it because I've never seen it before until now. Right. I've never seen him at the end of the year go so hard and, and kill it until now. And it is his contract year. So I guess that's the only context I have. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm trying to be fair for both sides. Like he's finally healthy, finally in shape. And this is what he can do. And to your point, look what he's doing without a point guard. Even McBride was in there, but he was playing in the corner like a three and D guard, right? Like he wasn't actually playing with the position of point guard. So he, he still, he, I mean, he just did it with IQ. Like, so I, I agree. His, I mean, if you put CP3 with Mitch Robinson, he's going to end up being literally Tyson Chandler on, on, you know, New Orleans. So, or, you know, like you said, DeAndre Ayton, like there's not really much difference between DeAndre Ayton and Mitch Robinson besides DeAndre Ayton is just more jacked, right? Like Mitch just needs to get healthier. And he has has a mid range. And he has a mid range. Yeah. And he has a mid range. You're right. So, you know, I, I do think that if he, if we actually got a starting point guard, things would dramatically change on this team. But it's just, it's just not the case. So I agree with you. Like, it, there, there is something to be said about him playing this well without a point guard. I agree. For sure. And then we got our, you know, I want to talk about McBride because you brought him up saying that he was stashed away in the corner, you know. And I, is that just the new thing for anyone that just enters the rotation? Hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. We are not giving you any play. Let's see if you can just shoot the three and just chill in the corner. I really dislike that because I'd like to see some of these players get their numbers called once in a while instead of just, just chilling in the corner waiting for something to happen. But the one thing I will say about McBride that we just knew coming into this is that, and you've been saying it uh, from the get-go, is his defense, right? Like his defense so is good. just there. It's so good and it's been there. And like he's, we see he's giving problems to Reggie Jackson last night. And it just it just makes me I mean, think. McBride is the most – like I, he's the guy – in your pickup game that you would hate to go on. Oh, against. 100%. Like, oh, bad hard. Every play, like, dude, just relax. <laughs> like, scrappy. He's, not gonna... he's scrappy. Yo, he is scrappy. I yeah. love it. And he, and he, and he's not, and it's, he's not just waiting for you as soon as you come across half court. He is full court press all the time, which is that takes energy. Like for a guy to do that takes a lot of energy. I don't think everyone fully understands how much energy that is to like guard somebody full court every single possession that you're on the court for like and even though it's 18 minutes that is still a lot of ground to cover but i like what i I like the defense i'd like to see him get more involved as an actual guard with some playmaking like we saw a little bit in some games previously right but i like to see a little bit more i like to see him get some actual numbers like his number called like for shots or something for him to do i know that he's small and he doesn't really have he doesn't have that package to go attack the lane but i like to see him just get to that mid-range or take some threes and, and create for himself a little bit that's just all i want to see what do, what do you think on that yeah i i agree I, I would love for him to handle the ball but as you you know alluded to this is just the way that tibbs brings players in right he's gonna bring you in he's gonna make you play the three you like see how you you know d up and then he's gonna keep you know giving you more and more responsibilities. We know, Alex, we know that he doesn't have an offensive play call. Like we know from players, we know from history, we know from everyone. He just doesn't run offensive sets. So someone like McBride would do like way better in a Carlisle offense. You know what I mean? Like he would kill it out there. It's just not what 
Tibbs can do. He just can't develop a point guard. It stinks. And this is the this is the way you know they get in. But you know he he was able to salvage that three. I'm happy for him. He did have four fouls, right? So he is still trying to get used to playing in the NBA. So you know, there well, is I think a that's little, a, oh space. I, I, but he's just he, he's not going to be a good point guard with Tibbs. I hate to say it, but he's he's not going to develop like that. Like we see it with IQ. You know what I'm saying? Well, if I, IQ had a real coach that an offensive coach like he, he might he might he might be playing different you know no that's a fact and we're about to touch on iq uh because he started to come around with his his play especially in the sun's game and now last night too he looked really good but i think the thing with um with mcbride right and it's funny that you say it that uh when it comes to like he won't potentially like reach his potential with tibbs I feel like we can go to that because I, we've watched Chris Dunn. <laughs> we saw the Chris Dunn project <laughs> flame okay. out. And That's it was fair. like, Sheesh. So you might have something on there. But for IQ, man's been coming around. I think last night was one of the, uh, is another game where he looked like a complete player playing the point guard position, being a combo guard. Like we know he's a combo guard, but he had six assists, 10 boards, 21 points, eight for 15 from the field. Three for five, and he played really well against the Suns. Not as ten well boards, as this, bro. But yeah, no, like you look like CP three out there getting boards, running down. I love that, dude. Like if you watch the Dallas Mavericks, if you watch, you know, Luka Doncic, he's getting every single board. If you watch CP three, he's getting every board and running the offense. Even Harden getting the board, running it down. Like I, Ben Simmons when he was a point guard, you know, getting the board, running it down. Like I love that. Like it, it changes the whole pace. Even you know, the Joker it, does that, even though he's the center, but he's the point guard. Like. You know, yeah, for sure. I just wish IQ would just attack the paint more. I wish he was able to do that because when we watch him, he just brings it up, stops at the stops at the perimeter, and then dribbles, pulls it back out, and then it's like, okay, you you that's losing momentum. That's losing the ability to have the defense collapse on you. I just wish he would do that more. But like what I'm seeing from IQ so far, hopefully he continues to end the season strong because this has just been a tough season for IQ overall but how about rj barrett man because he had a rough game he did not shoot well against the phoenix suns took a lot of like selfish shots he didn't really facilitate as much comes back bounces back against the clippers and honestly i'm not surprised because this is what rj barrett does he has a, he struggles comes back he's like ah, i shouldn't be doing that and he goes back and he goes and execute i Honestly, the more and more I watch him and the more I watch him like where this team allows him to be that creator and to run it through him, I, I honestly just start questioning like I start to don't even know what is the ceiling of RJ Barrett. Just because if he's I doing this Booker. in year three, I think that's a little I think that's wild. I think that's wild. I'm not gonna agree with you on that. That's a you know that, that that that's his crazy ceiling. I think I think he I think that he could be you think he could, I don't but, he, he but, but he's mostly just Jimmy Butler, but better. I could get behind that. I like De- yeah, Devin Booker. I, I, mean, I don't think he. I don't think he is Devin Booker. I think that is like his like his absolute ceiling is he can be a player like that. I don't think he's that cr- crazy far off. Like you think he's twenty one. <laughs> I'm thinking well, like a point Devin, guard. <laughs> like, it, like you know what I'm trying Devin to say. Booker, like, it's different. Yeah, but Devin Booker is just a shooter, man. Like really, like Devin. Like I think about Devin Booker. No, I think Devin like one of the beast, most. Dude. He's like one of my favorite players. Yeah, but when I hear like when I hear the name Devin Booker for people to compare RJ to, I'm like. RJ's more physical. Booker's not really that not not as physical oh, as RJ. Come on. Devin Booker could, could could put his back to the basket and get a buck. Oh yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that he's not. I'm I'm talking about. Let me rephrase that. 
not as a downhill, just like bully as RJ. Okay. That is not Devin Booker's game. Devin Booker, honestly, when I watch him, it is Kobe-esque. He's not Kobe, but Kobe-esque because he can attack from anywhere on the court. He has Mm -hmm. great footwork, ability to play with his back to the basket. We'll get into the post, take that mid-range fadeaway jumper. You know, he can shoot the three. He can bring the ball up himself. He can do Honestly, damn near RJ anything. can do all that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying RJ, RJ's like a poor man's version. Okay, I'll accept that. And you know what I, I'm trying I, to say? Yeah, and I, I agree with that. Like, if you're saying a poor man's version, yeah. Yeah, I so, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he is or, or close, but like, if you're telling me what can he be in like a perfect world, he would be Devin Booker. You know what I mean? But I do think if you want to tell me what he, you know, uh, like if I have to put my money on it, what he's definitely going to be, he's going to be a Jimmy Butler, but better. With a three-pointer? <laughs> Yeah, like a Jimmy Butler who you know who could with a better shot or honestly could score better. He like listen. What the the point I want to make is when even though he's struggling, it's in shorter spurts. Like he used to have these slumps where it's like a week, two weeks, you know, a whole road trip. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And now it's like one game, two games, or sometimes it's a quarter. You know what I'm saying, or or a half. We saw like he had like you know I forgot what game it was. He had like four to six points and a half, and then he, you know he had 22. You know in the in the second half. So we're starting to see him grow, and that's the guy I'm excited for to have a point guard more than I know Mitch needs it. You know what I mean because he can't create for himself, and I agree with you like a pick and roll, you know alley oop, you know all day, but you know someone to slap the ball to to get the you know get the rebound already run in transition. Like I I get it, but someone who can. You know, let RJ take plays off. That would be fantastic. You know what I mean? Or like not have to try so hard because that's why he misses at the basket. You know what I mean? He, 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 he gets those, you know, roll offs or those lay. He just like, he just throws out the basket for a layup. You know what I mean? Because he's right there. He's like, it's probably going to go in. If it doesn't, the next time it will. Like, but those are going to start clicking more if he has a point guard, just give him easy shots. That's, that's the one thing I can't stand about the Knicks, man. Even when you watch, like, you put League Pass on, you watch any team. Any team in the NBA, they get easy baskets. If you watch the Knicks, like, we are clawing for baskets. (laughs) That's just how I feel. I don't know. know, Like, maybe it's obviously a bias, but that's just how I feel watching, like, the Knicks. So, uh, our boy Los, I was playing who's with him the other day, and uh, one of his friends came up and asked me and found out that I'm a Knicks fan, and he asked me, like, yo, what's wrong with the Knicks? And I'm like... That's a very loaded question. I can't, I don't know if I have uh, all day to really answer that question, but I'll skip to the part where I'm going to relate this. It's like when you watch the Knicks, it is ugly basketball. It is not pretty and everything is very difficult. And it truly is like playing a terrible game of pickup basketball when you watch this team. It really is. Like if I get, just go to a court, go play with five random dudes, uh, four other random dudes that you don't even know, right? And you're going to see a lot of ISO, a lot of stagnant ball movement, no one cutting, no one sending off ball screens. Most likely, there's some times where you can find that gem of like a team that you're that you're on and you're like, whoa, we're all like playing at a high level. This is amazing. But that's what it feels like when you watch this team and nothing's easy. And that's why it's so hard for these for this team to stay in games and why we lose leads. And like even last night, we go from like a 20 point lead down to 12 and you're like, yo, are we really about to do this again? Like there is no lead that is safe, but then you get the second unit come in here and then and then they they bring back up the lead. Finally, finally, dude, and I, you know it was ringing in my head the conversation that we had where 
they're playing the prevent, you know, the prevent Jets oh, the defense prevent that defense. we see, <laughs> or the soccer defense where they're just trying to not score, just trying to play defense, and then all of a sudden you see them, you know, get scored on, or you see the Jets get killed. You know, what I'm saying we're, we're used to that, so it's very relatable. Sadly. And the Knicks just can't hold the lead; they don't know how to win. And it is encouraging that they can score baskets, right, and get up and take the leads. That's encouraging for me, and that's encouraging for. I think us as a franchise, and that's why when we say, oh, the Knicks are rock bottom, the Knicks are this, it's hard to get on board with that because we see in spurts, when you actually watch the game, we see the spurts, we see the lineups, right? That's why we're in this weird juxtaposition. That's why we're pissed off. That's why we're mad. Like, like we're doing, we're losing all these games on our seven game losing streak. We get mad at every single loss because we see us doing well in these exact same games. Right. If we were just bad from front to end, it'd be no problem. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? We'd be able to live with it. But the, the, the fact that we are in these games and we see potential, like we didn't even mention our boy Sims. Like I was about to bring him up. Like Sims, man. Like how are you like he looks he, good. Every, I'm gonna ask the same question every every day, I think, to the end of time. He makes <laughs> does he make Mitch Robinson expendable? Because the more I watch him, more, like he's getting oohs and ahs getting rebounds, bro. He's just getting rebounds. He's about to dunk it. It looks like, like, I don't know. He, he, if we could get rid of Noel and we could have a Mitch Robinson Sims center. Oh, like, man. Like, we're, we're set. We're set for four years, which really excites me. Like, but, but we're going to have to have like a, a, a really dynamic power forward. We, like it has to happen, right? Like we're gonna have to yeah. have a a big scorer stretch. Could play in the paint. We have to, and you know that's gonna be our next premium position because it looks like our power forward is not working out. Even though we gave him an extension uh, this year, Mister no, Number Thirty. So uh, I, I'm really I mean, for the first time in a long time excited about our centers, man. Uh, and and Noel's gonna be an expiring contract, so it, it is gonna be an enticing contract to get rid of. It's not going to be as bad as people think. Him and Kemba. But that's a different story for a different day. For sure. But And let me ask you about Mr. Randall because he got ejected against the Phoenix Suns, which I thought that was... As soon as I heard... I thought it was just for Cam Johnson. I thought that was egregious. But to find out that it was because he touched a ref, I get that. But come on, dude. Like, honestly, like, come on. I found that ejection to be, like, a little too much. Like, I thought Wait, it was going to be Like, are you mad run. at Randall or do you mean, like, too much, like, from the ref standpoint? I thought it was too much from the ref standpoint. Yeah, I, I agree, dude. I, I know I'm it's not, easy to get mad at I, Randall and I, oh, he shouldn't have done it. I'm, I'm, I don't get me wrong. Like I said on Knicks fan TV, I was upset with him because he does. I, I, I said it at the beginning of the season and I still do. Like I, like I do appreciate that he wears his heart on his sleeve. I, I think you do need that type of emotional player that like embodies what the team can be mm-hmm. when it's contained. Right. And I think that's when you have guys like Reggie, Theo Pinson. When you have that type of chemistry, like that allows for his emotions to be like well received. You know what I mean? Like we, we watched the last season when we saw Scott Foster, when it was the Nets versus the Knicks, just screw over, uh, uh, the, the Knicks. Remember that where it was, uh, where they said, Oh no, it wasn't a foul. And it was, I'm not gonna go back to that one. That, that game pisses me off, but <laughs> like we, we all, we all, we, we yourself all, there. I did. Uh, but we all saw, but we all, we all were behind Randall when he got angry. Like we were all behind him. Like I don't even care what everyone's like, like even this season, people are like, Oh, look at his reactions. He's all talking about, blah, blah, blah. but we were all the same fan base. Like, yeah, Randall, we were supporting you last season. And like the hypocrisy at its finest. Sure. Get it. But when I watch 
But in that moment, I'm upset with Randall because, like, he is a leader. The season is like, like I know I've said that there's nothing to play for, but you're still a leader of this team. And even in that moment for, like, what Cam was doing to you, like, giving you bumps, pushing on the back, like, Cam's really not that strong to be doing anything to you. I don't really think it really warranted him to just go off like that. I don't think Cam really did anything egregious, and that's kind of where I'm upset about it at Randall where it wasn't anything too offensive. I get the chirpy, like being chirpy, like, Hey, yo man, don't do that. Like X, Y, and Z, but to be shoving and stuff like that, I'm not even against shoving, but it's, you know how this league is. You're a veteran. You've been here for a while. You know how the rules are now changing. You already have an X on your back based on how you started the season and how you said, you know, refs just call fouls for you differently. So guys are already talking about that. Like we discussed this. You brought that up at the beginning of the season. You noted on that. So then why put yourself in this position again to get yourself ejected when the, you're playing well that night? Like the team needs you. Like RJ's struggling. Like everyone he needs He didn't you. mean it. I know it sounds silly to say that out loud, but he didn't mean to touch that ref. Come on. No, no, no. I, I, I'm not, yeah. I don't blame him for touching the ref, but it's because of the Cam Johnson situation that led to it. You know, it's a yeah. proximate cause, as I would say. Yeah. Like if he threw a <laughs> punch at Cam Johnson, I'd be like, yo. Dude, you can't be throwing punches at this time in the game. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it can't be like the Serge Ibaka uh, feeling yeah. where like, you're just like, Quack, and you're like, whoa, Serge. Yeah. What so that would have been like, so I, I don't know. I, I do feel like at this point, definitely a Randall apologist. I do feel like he's out the door, though. I feel like he's going to be traded in the offseason. It's impossible for me not to think about that. And it just, it just feels like... I kind of want Utah to lose early so that Mitchell they can trade for Randall. So that it's like a Randall, you know, it's going to be like Randall and IQ for Mitch. And then we do that. And then, you know, we'll see what happens from there. We still need a point guard, but Mitchell and RJ, it just intrigues me. I don't want to get too into it yet. I know we're still in this season, but you know, it just feels like Randall's out the door and that makes me look around to who he's going to be shipped out for. I just can't imagine we do this for another year, whether it's with Tibbs or with another coach, which I think it will be Tibbs, but regardless, I can't I can't see Randall coming back. So you want to bring up the 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 tweets that we see today from uh Mrs. Randall and what she's uh Yeah, bring it up. And, you know, maybe that's another reason why it's on my mind and why I feel like he's you know, he's he's so out the door, right? Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, today we have uh, CP, our, our boy over at Knicks Fan TV, colleague, my colleague over there. Um, today, you know, tweeted out how he was, he didn't like how Laker fans are uh, attacking uh, Russell Westbrook and attacking not just Westbrook, but Westbrook's family. And he commented on that, saying that family should be off limits. And then Mrs. Randall has just essentially brought that saying that CP has done the same thing, that he attacks. You know, the family, like basketball families, meaning herself. And one, I don't agree with that. I don't think CP does that. Uh, we could say that the fans who call in do that, love to create narratives and love to, you know, attack Randall or some players, X, Y, and Z. That's for sure. Like been there on nights where that's happened, but not CP himself. And then she kind of clarified that as saying like, you create a narrative and it's not, it may, she may not mean necessarily him, but the channel. And I don't think the channel necessarily does that, but I think the fans who call in do that. You know what I mean? But yeah. So I, I mean, I definitely agree. I, I don't think C, CP is very uh, calculated, very professional. <laughs> you no, know, nah, he's not going to. Profe- yeah, he's 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 not he's not out here calling out our 
you know, quote unquote franchise player. You know what I mean? As it stands, right? I think we could all argue it's RJ now. Um, but you know, I mean, you know, Randall is uh, the Knicks franchise player. We just signed him. He is making the most money. He was our, you know, king and, you know, king last year. But I think the point that she's making is, you know, I guess the same argument that people had with LeVar Ball being on, you know, ESPN or other platforms and people saying, oh, you're giving him a platform. Therefore, you're in the wrong. I get, you know, the point that she's trying to make, I don't think she was attacking CP personally because then she'd just be completely off base and wrong. But I I think she was saying, as you mentioned, that it's mostly the fans that call it, which sometimes are pretty unruly, you know, as, as you can definitely attest to. And, you know, Knicks fans are Knicks fans, right? I mean, we don't really associate too much, but that stupid video in the beginning of the year, like those are random Knicks fans, right? That wasn't like plotted. So they do seem to go off sometimes. We're very passionate. They do say a lot of things about Randall because they're frustrated and we stink this year. So, I mean, she does have a point there and, Mm -hmm. you know, he lets it on, but it is live, right? But he does let it on his platform and we all know that it's a big platform and whether we like it or not, Knicks fan TV does speak for the Knicks fans, you know, you know, just to some percentage, you know what I mean? I mean, that's the whole point of the show or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like it does have a pulse of the team. Right, the whole, base. the whole yeah fan base. The whole point of the show is to hear what the fans feel. Or to hear not just uh, it's not to censor any particular group of fans. It's to allow fans who are going to call in and give their opinions. There is not so wildly wildly off base, but sometimes you get fans that call in and say some you know dumb shit. <laughs> Simple as that, but. I look at that and I think that goes to your point saying where you're, you're saying that, uh, you could see Randall getting out of here because of the frustration. And I get that. Like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that. Although I would come back and say, has that, ha- has that hurt Bradley Beal? Like, Bradley Beal is still in Washington. Yes. I feel like he's gotten, he's gotten the same treatment, honestly, down there. Yeah, it's well. hurt him 100%. It hurts him. It hurts Westbrook. It hurts everybody. It hurts Harden. It hurts Ben Simmons. Yes, I, I I think that when I think that when your own fans are against you, and especially if you're the franchise player, it, it hurts. But even if you're a bench player, like if we all hated Cam Reddish, he would never get minutes. But the fact that we're all chanting his name every game, we're all freaking out every, you know, and then we're making the you know the beat writers freak out, and same thing with IQ. I think that 100 percent makes a difference. Mm. I, I I I really truly do. It's you know what whether it's warranted or not, whether Tibbs like you guys are all idiots. I can't believe that you guys want, you know, X, you know, Obi Toppin to play center, you know, you morons. And, you know, and like, you know, and, and he could kind of figure it out the way he does. That's, that's one thing. But I don't know, man. I, I think the fans do change perception for sure. And they could really, it, it must be disheartening going to work and we're supposed to cheer you on and we boo every time something happens. I forgot who said it this year. Some, oh man, it's really slipped my mind, but somebody said it. Like, wow, like the garden really is really loud for the away fans, or you know, and I forgot, mm-hmm. I forgot, I forgot who said it, but you know, I, I I think the exact quote was, "It's not that they're against the Knicks, but they're definitely not with them." You know, somebody said that. You know, it, it it was pretty telling. You know what I mean? It was definitely not like last year. So yeah, 
I, I do think it affects players in general and definitely has affected Randall, as you said, a guy who wears, you know, his heart in his sleeve. Yeah, and like I, I know it affects Westbrook? them. I I know it. I know it affects them like mentally. LeBron, but, dude, LeBron. I couldn't believe this quote that he said he he wouldn't mind if like we put like a glass wall or he doesn't want fans. Like two years ago, he was about to cry because there was no fans. Remember that? Oh, now all of a sudden, I, he doesn't I, want fans because people are heckling him. No, I don't. I don't. I'm saying it affects that. them. Yeah, I get. Like, like, kicking no, people like, out of games. Yeah. I get that. And like, I understand like mentally that it affects them. I'm not thinking that they're immune to it. I know that, but, and I can see like how it goes into, you know, your day. Like you don't want to go into the place that you work, you know, and you constantly hear negative feedback. But as we see, because it was said that Knicks fans are the only ones, but we go everywhere and we see that it's not just Knicks fans, you know, like you go down to Atlanta, that's where LeBron got heckled by Atlanta fans. That's pretty crappy. You got Laker fans asking for who are criticizing Westbrook. You have Knicks fans criticizing Randall. You have Wizards fans criticizing. You have everyone criticizing everybody. I'm not saying that it's right. It happens. But my question to you is, is that is that is this the driving factor? Is this the driving factor that's going to push Randall out of New York because the fan base isn't behind him? Do you really think that that this is really going to be the number one reason he's going to front office saying, hey, guys. You know, it was cool here the three years. I really can't do this. Uh, I need to be traded. I don't like work. I don't like playing here. I don't like that the fans are attacking me and my family. And I agree that if you're attacking a player's family, you're wildly off base. Like that should not be allowed whatsoever. You want to talk about what a player does on the court, how you criticize their game on the court. They're not playing like a team player. They're, they're dogging it X, Y, and Z. Yeah, that's fine. That's cool. Keep it on the court. Everything, once it gets off the court and becomes personal like that, that's just gross, uh, and it's wrong. It's it shouldn't be it yeah. shouldn't be tolerated. We shouldn't tolerate it as a fan base either. That's just you should be calling out fans who do that shit because that is just completely wrong. It's that ruins the game. That ruins the fun for everybody. Um, but yeah, again, I don't do you think, think, do you think that's the thing though? Do you really think that's the thing that's going to push Randall out of here? I don't think he needs to. I think the writing's on the wall. I don't think he's happy here. Um, I think that he could his his value is still pretty high regardless of what people say or think, and I think the Knicks find him ex- to be expendable because of RJ, and we need it. We need it. We need another guard, you know, whether it's a point guard or a shooting guard. And I think that teams with disgruntled superstars are, are going to have to call the Knicks. You know what I'm saying? If, if Donovan Mitchell needs to be traded, I think that the Knicks are on the table. Like Randall is nice over there. You know what I'm trying to say? Or, you know, that was the situation with the Kings. You know, I'm sure there's going to be other teams that would love to have Randall on their squad, and he would fit really well. So, I mean, I don't want to say Charlotte, but I know Charlotte, he would fit really well there. There's a couple teams, right? Maybe the Clippers that he would fit. And, you know, depending on – just it just depends, right, like how the offseason goes. But I do think Randall is going to be out. Of course, we'll get to that, you know. When the, after the season, but yeah, man, I I think the Knicks are serious when they say they're they're searching for a for a star. Like, what if? I mean, Minnesota is nice right now, but if Carl Anthony Towns for some reason wants to go, you know, I would love him, that. Him, him and Mitch <laughs> next to so each other, him, him and Mitch on a, as a front court. Whoa, that's what I'm saying. Like that, you need that type of power forward. So even if Randall goes for some sort of guard, like we're gonna have to start trying to fill that you know power forward role. So th- th- that's kind of what's on my mind there. 
I guess the season's over. I'm, I'm, you know. Well, we got a game tonight against the Sacramento Kings. I mean, at this point, like you know how I feel. I just want to make sure that the line the that we saw last still, night is the playing really out. Is the playing out, Alex? Is it not even? Is it not even a, a consideration? <sighs> when I look at the schedule, I don't see how you can have it as a consideration. Okay. Like, and it's not even. And it's not even being facetious. I just don't think the no. Knicks are that consistent. Uh, like, unless, like, yes, we beat the Clippers last night. The Clippers were on a good run. But the Clippers are in our like the Clippers are in our ballpark. They don't have their two top talents in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That is around what the Knicks are this season. Okay, like the thing that the Clippers have that the Nick that the Knicks don't is a creative head coach. Like I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. Like, I think Ty Lue is underrated as a head coach. He he has literally made a lot out of nothing on that team, and I think he doesn't get a lot of credit. And I think he doesn't get a lot of credit because of being tied with LeBron James when they won the chip. But he is actually a really good head coach. I will give him that. Now, I'm not saying that like he's Ty the greatest Lou. head coach. Yeah, I like Ty Lue too. I'm not saying he's the greatest head coach, but I think he's a really good creative coach when it comes to like getting guys to buy in, uh, creating an office, offensive system. He was a point guard in the NBA. He, has, he does look at it from that standpoint. Tibbs is a very good coach on the defensive side. But this NBA, John, as you always talk about, and you always like look at me and joke at me about it, it's like, Defense playing defense in this league? Come on now. Like, come on, man. Yeah, I, I know. But like, here's the thing. And here's why I haven't completely put the nail in the coffin. Call me Mr. Optimist. But we're five and a half games. All right, out, Mr. Optimist. <laughs> not only of the 10th spot, but of the 10th, 9th, and 8th spot. Like, they all suck. Like, the Hornets, the Nets, and the Hawks. You are not wrong. Games. <laughs> you <laughs> you not know what wrong. I'm so, and we, we play them a couple times down the stretch. I'm just saying it, 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 it's it's possible. I'm not I, the nail is not in the coffin. We, we put some wins together, and it's possible. Starting with tonight versus the Kings, you guys already heard this. You guys already watched. Sorry, watched this before you heard this. You know that the Knicks already beat the Kings. You know that Randall kills Sabonis. You know that De'Aaron Fox can't beat the Knicks ever since he tweeted that you know because he beat us. What about the eight wins? Yeah, we no, put up no, a good no, fight versus pick. Memphis. About the eighth pick. About the eighth pick. For, which was Obi Top, and he's like, you know, they sick. Hashtag eight. All right, we we all know what you're doing out there. Yeah. So we also we 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 play okay with Memphis. You know what I'm saying? And then we got Brooklyn. So that we it really depends how we end this road trip. But let's start. You know, let's start small. We got to beat the, the we got to beat the Kings because I think Dallas the Knicks beat the Kings. Dallas I is hot. So we got to beat these Kings team, man. I think we beat the Kings. Um Pretty confident in that because they do have Sabonis, uh, and that Randall just wakes up when he sees Sabonis on the other side. We need to make sure Sabonis always gets traded to a team that is <laughs> every uh, week that gets the Knicks. Yeah, we have to make sure that happens. So we need to we, get back need, in the division, is what you're saying. Yeah, we have to get him on the Celtics. That's what we really need to do. That way, him and Fournier can just go off every time they face each other. <laughs> That's funny. Um. But I think, yeah, I think Sacramento, that should be a win. Dallas is a tough one, man. Dallas is surging. Uh, I'm actually. They're so good. I'm not, I'm not confident we can beat Dallas. I'm not even I don't, confident. I'm not either. And same thing with Memphis. Like Memphis is just, <laughs> yeah. Like Memphis is just really good, dude. But here's the thing. I mean, if, if Dallas wins again today, which they're up right now, 30 to 22 on Utah, I think they're mm-hmm. going to win today. I mean, they're due for a loss. You know what I mean? We'll see what happens. Knicks maybe get some momentum. You know, we'll see. We'll see how it works out. You know where there could be a loss against the Brooklyn Nets. We got to be Brooklyn. I mean, th- like that's like okay. 
ABC. It's Sunday. Sunday. One o'clock. ABC. Nick's got to do it, man. We're not going go to the, We don't have to go through the full schedule, but there are must wins, and let's let's honestly talk about them right now, real quick. We have to in order to make the play in. Okay, we have to be Brooklyn mm-hmm. on Sunday. We have to be the following Friday. We have to be Washington. Yep. And the next Tuesday we got to be Atlanta. Yep. The game after toward, that, and, and then towards the end, you got to beat the game. We have after to that. win games. Oh, the you, game you, after that, we have to be Charlotte. Oh crap! Yeah. Right. Damn. We got to. <laughs> damn, that's a hard one. And then, uh-huh. and then, and then, and then, with only a day in between, you gotta beat Miami. Like, We're gonna lose to Miami. No, I'm saying, I'm saying, you, you, you can lose to that one. It's gonna stink. But like, there's, there's, there's certain games that you have to win. So there's the let's start again. The Brooklyn, Atlanta, Charlotte, Charlotte, Brooklyn, Washington. You have to win those games. But Charlotte, honestly, Charlotte. Wow. I mean, it, that, 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 that. There, there's a path here. There's a path here. I know it's five and a half. But you you play a lot of you play a lot of these teams, right? Brooklyn twice, Charlotte twice, Atlanta sweep, in there, Washington twice. Atlanta. They'd have to sweep Atlanta that way, you know. They have to sleep. If we sweep Atlanta, sweep Brooklyn. I know this sounds insane. I'm not we, saying it's we, gonna we, happen. We can't. It's not sweeping uh, Brooklyn. We've lost to them. No, no. I'm saying from now on. From now on, we have two two more games against them. I'm thinking so series. We, when I say sweep. Oh yeah, no. I'm just saying, like, just for the rest of the season, if we okay. in some hypothetical crazy land beat Brooklyn twice, beat Washington twice, and then beat Charlotte twice and the Atlanta win, no, that's a that's a ridiculous amount of wins just by itself. But I'm just saying, if we're able to beat these teams, I mean, that gap is really small. That's like that becomes like a two three game gap. That, that, agree, that's that's my Mr. You. That's my Mr. Optimist in here. I know that sounds insane, but I do think we're going to lose some of those. But I think there's some to win. Like Cleveland, they're going to start falling off, right? Who knows? You know how Toronto's going to feel at the end of the year if they need the game. Maybe that's an easy Shoot. win. I think we're going to beat Sacramento. Maybe we can gonna, catch Dallas. We'll see. I'm going to be a pessimist here. Revenge on Portland. I'm going to be a very big pessimist here. Should we be worried about Orlando? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm worried about everyone. Uh, I, I, I just <laughs> That's want, a I just, response. I just want to win basketball games. So I was just one game at a time. Give me Sacramento, and then and then give me two out of three. I don't care which one it is between Dallas and Memphis. Just give me one of them. All right, give me Sacramento, and then give me one of them, and then we need the Brooklyn one. So it has to be three. In the next four has to be three and one Knicks in order to start thinking. That there's a possibility of a play-in. Otherwise, like the 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 nail in the coffin has to come soon. I know everyone thinks it's there already, but what the math is still it's not insane. It's not a crazy percentage right now. It's not, and I think this week is going to be two and two. I think Sacramento and some game in between that. I'm not. It's either going to be Brooklyn. We or need Memphis. Brooklyn. Yeah, I need Brooklyn. I need Brooklyn for my own sake. So we need we, we need the beginning and the end of this road trip to from now on to be wins. But I, we'll see what happens with Dallas and Memphis. I mean, Dallas, they've just been so hot. I mean, they can't take one game off. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm not too confident, but I, I just I need I need these two. I need these two uh these two wins, definitely. The season is just I'm just looking at the schedule. It's tough, man. We got a lot of good teams that that the Knicks are facing uh towards the end of the season. And I just don't know with their inconsistent play how we can be that. What was it? I guess I don't know how we could be. I get your optimism. I get it because like we're we're really 
are not out of uh really just not because that, the other teams suck more than out. the fact that the Knicks are good. You know what's crazy though? The Knicks schedule actually has gotten easier. They're ranked there this is the nineteenth toughest schedule for the remaining games based on opponents. Yeah, because Chicago can't beat anyone that's good, but we're not good, so that's you know that's a problem. Yeah, Cleveland's falling off. Brooklyn can't win games in New York until unless Kyrie comes back. Mm-hmm. Atlanta stinks. Washington has fell off. I told you Spencer Dinwiddie's a beast. Maybe we have we maybe we can get revenge on Portland. You know, there is a path here. Detroit stinks when Cade is not on the floor. I think they're literally the worst defensive team by like a zillion when Kate isn't on the floor. A zillion. So, I like that metric. A zillion. That, that, I, think, I think that is the, the actual number. A zillion. <laughs> when Kate is not. That's on the metric. The floor. A zillion. One zillion. <laughs> One zillion. I love it. Oh, man. All right. I got this week for two and two, including the Sacramento Kings, Kings game. I want it to be the Nets. Hopefully it is the Nets. Hopefully we get that gift. Uh, you're going. What two and two this week or three and one? I need three and one. I just need three and one. So I'm going. I'm I'm putting it into this atmosphere. You're putting it into the universe. Okay. You took the time, the liberty, the space, the atmosphere to put three and one out there. I appreciate it. I appreciate. <laughs> Shout that. out to Ricey. Shout out to Ricey on that one. All right, man. I like it. And on that note, I think this is a good place to wrap it up. So thank you everyone for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks Shits Etc. podcast. You know what to do. If you haven't already, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast. We're on all audio listening platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitcher, you name it. We are there. If you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please make sure to give us a five-star rating. And if you listen to us on Apple, please make sure to leave a comment. We will read it and we do greatly appreciate it. Also, Shout out we're to on- Bad Panda. Blood Panda. Blood Blood of the pot. I was a blood of uh, the Ponta. I'm actually I'm butch. I'm I'm butchering it right now. I'm butchering it right now. I don't even. We're going way off tangent, but I'm butchered. Blood of the Ponta. Yeah, I'm right. Blood of the Ponta. Blood of the Ponta. Shout out to him. Hashtag Obi Avengers. Hashtag game. All right. Hashtag free Obi. Hashtag free Obi. Also, getting back on track, we have a YouTube channel now, guys. So please make sure to type in Nick's Jets, etc. Nick's comma Jets comma ETC period. No one writes out, etc. That's wild. If you find the page <laughs> on YouTube, please make sure to subscribe. Also, hit that notification bell. That way, you know when a new episode drops. And if you watch a video, just hit the like button. It's okay. It's a polite thing to do. All right, we appreciate it. While you're there, we also got winning picks weekly. John, video producer Greg, go down now the NBA games. And they got March Madness on the way. Listen to them as they give you their takes. Chip Murphy, if you're listening, expect a call from John Malik <laughs> to get you on for some college basketball. Has to, has to happen because you're spitting hot fire out there, man. You're spitting hot fire. And then last and certainly not least, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, you name it. We, we are, are there. there. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for another Knicks episode of the Knicks Jets, etc. podcast. We out. Let's go, Knicks. Make this plan. Oh, yeah, I'm going to the Jazz game, too. That's a win. Forgot about that. Let's go. Another win right there, Alex. Thank you. I got you, bro. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Let's go, Knicks. <laughs> <laughs>